einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Hello and welcome to the Canadian Wants to Know podcast. Today I'm here with Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, of course, I need to ask some basics about who you are, what you're doing here in Germany, where are you from, stuff like that. Yes. Okay, so my basic rundown is I'm from the U.S. I, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I always introduce it now as Philadelphia, like the cream cheese, because that's how most Germans have heard of the city. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, sometimes I sing. I think there's like a little jingle that the Philadelphia cream cheese brand has. Anyway, that's where I'm from. <laughs> I live here in Freiburg um, and I have for almost exactly four years. Um, we can come back to this term later, but I call it my Gedeutschtag. So it's the anniversary of my move to Germany. Um, like no Geburtstag. Today? Um, two, no, a week and a half, two weeks ago. So pretty recently. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I initially moved for a relationship, but I always was really intent on being able to practice my career here because I just finished getting a master's in my field. And so now um, I've managed to do that. So I work as a librarian by day. Um, I found a passion for podcasting. So I also host a podcast. Um, nice. In my and I will time. leave the links in the show notes for your podcast yes. later on. Mm -hmm. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the expat cast. And I talk to different cool. people like you and I who who live in places that they're not from. So yeah, that's kind of roughly what my life looks like these days. Was that, was that a adequate no, that's course a, into me? Okay, I cool. think so. I think that's a great <laughs> answer. And I think coming to Freiburg was the right decision. Right? Oh, I landed so in yeah. Hanover and I oh. spent two years in Hanover. Um, and I hope no one from Hanover listens to this episode, but it's so much better to live in the south of Germany. I'm sorry, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. I actually, so the first time ever in Germany for me was in the Bodensee, um, okay. where you have views of, you know, this giant lake, uh, you can see the Swiss Alps. And then um, I used to spend a lot of time in the Allgäu, which is south of Munich, this mm -hmm. sort of mountainous yeah. area. And then I had I'd never actually been to Freiburg before moving here, but I, you know, we're driving from Bodensee Allgäu area over to here. And I'm just like, Jesus, does every corner of this country just look this stunningly beautiful? Um, because those are three of the top rated, you know, prettiest places I in Germany. So. And those were the only yeah. three that I'd seen. And so um, it's been the opposite for me, learning to travel, you know, a bit more north and seeing what the rest of Germany is like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you got the good... Beautiful places first before you went to like the secondary, second level, second I mean, rated. <laughs> I'm not calling it that, but I'm also not correcting you by calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Some of my students who live in other parts of Germany are not going to be happy. I'm sorry, guys. This is all I for like fun. Get a little frisky, start a little controversy. It's fun. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Awesome. So tell me, what are the things that you like about Germany? You've, you've been here for four years now, so I'm sure that's been sufficient time to kind of develop an opinion about the country and the people and the food and the culture and things like that. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I like so many things about it. And actually, I feel like it's been hard for me to identify until more recently what those things are because I just had this crazy experience of moving here and feeling like everything made more sense to me here. Like the world around me functioned the way the world in my head functioned, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. So back in the US, there were a lot of things I was doing and the ways I was living that kind of were always pushing against the norm there. And then Mm. I just got dropped into this country where people just are the same way. And okay, I'm going to list some really silly examples. But honestly, to me, these are some things that just make things feel so right for me. So for Mm. instance, I hate wearing shoes. (laughs) And Germany (laughs) is one of the countries where you leave your shoes at the door. I think that's great. (laughs) Um, I really hate cold drinks. I don't like having ice in drinks. Like, okay, if it's a certain, I don't know, like a margarita or sort of Mm -hmm. a specialty drink, sure. But if I want water, I would like it to be like room temperature. Coke or beer can be cold, but I do not want, I don't want ice Ice in my Coke. Um, Germany feels the same way. Germany doesn't even really know about ice. They they don't put it in anything. It's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, a lot of little things like this. And then, I mean, Freiburg is especially this way, but the environmentalism, you know, that's one of the ways, like I always rode a bike to work um, no matter where I lived in the U.S. And I always tried to reuse and recycle and um, cringed a lot at takeout containers, right? But like there was, I was always the the sore thumb being like, it's so bad that we have styrofoam. Yeah, exactly. Like I was this weird loser or like people thought I was super adventurous and I'm like, I'm not really, I'm kind of boring. I just, I'm biking this places. It's not that interesting. Um, and it was just nice to come somewhere where it wasn't interesting. Like this is just what people do. Yeah. So that's little things funny. Like that. That's really funny. I have a funny story. When my wife came to visit me in, in Canada, uh, one of the first times we were still dating, the supermarket was about 200 meters from the house. Like I can see it. And we go outside and I go to the car and she <laughs> is walking to the supermarket. And I say, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to the supermarket. I'm like, nobody walks. Like get in the car. We drive. <laughs> and she she was like so confused that I would drive those 200 meters. And I had never thought that it was possible to walk those 200 meters. <laughs> Right. And then you get there and they hand you all, like, you know, you get four things and each gets its own single use plastic bag around it. Uh And then you're like, what? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No. Also with the plastic question, I had never thought about it until I moved here. Mm -hmm. Because my wife would complain, oh, why is that in plastic? I'm like, what do you mean? Why would it not be in plastic? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But now I've adapted. I love the bicycle riding. I love the recycling. Although I still... I'm still confused about what goes into the yellow bag. And I'm like, does that go into the yellow bag? Yes, I don't know. So I'm still a little bit confused about that. <laughs> but it is so much better. Like here, riding bicycle is great. I've adapted. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So you were doing that in the States. I can't even imagine what that's like. <laughs> Somebody riding a bicycle. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing is there weren't really like bike lanes or safety. Yeah, exactly. It, How so. is that even possible? Yeah. Yeah. It's much more comfortable here, I'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I still ride my bike like a crazy American. So people see me around, uh, people who see me around Freiburg will um, probably be able to tell by my biking style that I, I didn't learn mm-hmm. biking here. Exactly. This, I mean, this is a bit of a flip side of the question you just asked. Well, I don't know. 
What I'm about, what I'm about to say is both one of the things I like a lot and dislike a lot about Germany, which is that okay. they are very focused on being on doing things correctly. Mm. Um, I think as individuals, they have an openness to being wrong and being told that they were wrong, and I think that's really great. But I think generally, overall, culturally, it's important that you do things correctly, and they have a certain idea of what correct means. And, um, of course, this is why it's sometimes great and sometimes not so great when my idea of great of what is correct aligns with what they think is correct. Then I think it's great because Mm -hmm. we're all on the same page and things are just working the way they should. But when I have a different opinion about what's correct or when I I don't care if something's correct or not, I just want to get, you know, get something done and I don't care how that's when it really can come to clashes and it can be more frustrating for me. and I miss a bit of the American spirit of like, ah, it's whatever. As long as, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you get the job done, doesn't matter how. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. I, I would agree on that one too. Like certain, if, if you agree with me and we see it, okay, whatever, let's do it this way. Like with punctuality, I'm okay with it. Like if we make an appointment for a certain time, let's be there punctual. Germans agree on that one and mm-hmm. we all live happy. Right? And then there's other things where I'm like, does it have to be like so strict? Does it have to be this way? I don't know. Yeah. You probably take it easy. Right. Like there's a definite strictness to the way things should be done. And it's, you know, yeah, it just sometimes it gets really exhausting, um, especially when you're coming in as an outsider and you do almost everything differently from washing mm. the dishes at home to um, I don't know the, yeah, the way you ride the the bike or the way you grocery yeah. shop or whatever, like everything that I do is a little bit different. And, um, yeah, sometimes it can be exhausting because I, I can tell that it matters to everyone around me that I'm doing it differently and they're not seeing it as different. They're seeing it as wrong. And mm-hmm. some days mm-hmm. I feel feisty and I'm like, all right, I'll correct you and show you that, you know, there's more than one way to do things. And then other days <laughs> I just feel so beaten down and think, oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I know that feeling. I, I, I have that conversation a lot of ways like, hey, it, maybe it's not wrong. It's just a different way to do things. And yeah. it works both ways because there were certain things that I thought were wrong about Germans and and the way they did things and now I'm like it's not wrong it's just a different way to do things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um for example, I hate that I have to pay to use the bathroom in Germany. Like at train stations or malls and things <laughs> I'm like how dare they charge me money. Yes. Right? <laughs> but whatever, they do it differently. I've accepted, I've adopted it now. But I, that was one of my frustrations. Like, what? I have to pay for water? Why? Right. Like, what is well, this? Like, Paying for so water? In my, in my profession, um, in libraries, I work in public libraries. And in the U.S. and I think Canada and, and some other places, the concept of a public library is that it's free and anyone can mm-hmm. use it. In Germany, it's very standard to pay 10 to maybe even 30 euros per year to have a library card. Um, okay. And this is such a shift in thinking that really threw me off when I was starting in my career because that changes the whole equation. You know, if you have a late fee for bringing a book back late in the U.S., it's a different idea. It's a different understanding behind the 50 cent late fee. Here, they're very strict with it because they have this cultural idea that people are making enough money and or are getting enough support from the state 
that they should be able to pay this. And if they're not able to pay this, they need to be learning the responsibility through tiny moments like paying a late fee. So it's Mm -hmm. a part of this bigger effort to get people to manage their lives well, um, which overall I think is a nice thing. And, and, And it is really true. Like most people in need are getting support from the government and can can pay a, a membership fee or a late fee, but it's very, it, it's taken a long time for me to really understand that line of thinking. And at the same time, um, treading to explain to my colleagues that that's not the only way to do it. Like there's this mm-hmm. other format, um, that also has a lot to offer and you know, which one's correct is just a matter of opinion. I think so. I think yeah. so. And I think we can all, like, I've learned so many things by being here in Germany. And I hope that maybe they can learn a few things about having us here too, right? And if we can have like this exchange of ideas, maybe we can do things even better than we currently do. Why not? Yeah. I often joke um, that part of my purpose here in Germany is to... This is going to sound a very specific type of way, but to teach people how to have fun. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I do think, I do think Germans know how to have fun when they plan to have fun. (laughs) When they plan it, you must plan plan fun. And when it goes as planned. And if it goes as planned. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) For instance, recently I went to a wine festival and this is one of the first events um, after the Corona winter. So everyone's in a great mood. Um, You know, I, was with two friends, also Americans, and we sat down at the end of the table next to, um, or at the same table as these two older men, um, but with Abstand, uh, with distance between us because mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. And they said we could sit there. There's music playing in the background. They're chatting. We're chatting. And we were having a really funny conversation and we were having a great time and Mm. we were letting loose and just laughing and cackling even just, you know, having, having having fun and enjoying each other's company. And the one man comes, leans over to us and asks us to quiet down because there's other people here and they also want to enjoy their night. Um, And this was so crazy to me because (laughs) there was music playing and there were other people talking, but us talking, we are loud when we're together. Um, Americans Mm -hmm. are generally known for being loud. And I think that's very true, especially when you get more of us together. Um, There's Mm -hmm. also something I think about the English language that cuts through um, harder than certain other languages. Like German, I think is a pretty quiet language, Um, but English you really hear sharper somehow. So I get the noise complaint, but I also don't get the noise complaint because we're in an outdoor open air event where everyone's talking and everyone's laughing. And I just thought, oh man, buddy, Mm -hmm. come on. Like you can't, you can't just like loosen up and have a good time. So we went to the table next to us where there was a different group of um, people who said we could sit with them and totally different experience. They were, they were like, 70 to 80 years old, but they were there to have fun. Every time we laughed loudly, they they teased us about it and had fun with us. And um, mm-hmm. that's kind of, I don't know, I, that experience has actually happened to me a couple times this summer where a German, actually every time it has been a German man between the ages of 50 and 65 who's come over <laughs> and told me and my friends to be quieter and, and like respect other people's experiences as well. And um, I I get it on every front. Like I get their side of things, but I also just sometimes think like, oh man, like I just really wish that you could like loosen up and have fun because the way that they had understood fun and they had understood the plan was just so different than the way we had. And that clashed. Um, 
And for me in my culture, it's super easy to just be like, ah, you know, it is what it is. If these people are too loud, I'll move. I'll go somewhere else. Um, but that's not how it is here. So anyway, that's um, yeah, sort of my rant know, of the moment. I know what you mean. Like... <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, fun, fun. If it's planned and if it goes as planned, then it can be fun, right? <laughs> but spontaneous is also fun. And maybe we can all kind of learn about that. So what I will say to everyone here, if you want to have a good time, invite Nicole to one of your parties. <laughs> Bring <Yeah>. earplugs, apparently. <laughs> 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 awesome. What do you think are some of like the the biggest differences between Americans and Germans? Is it even possible to kind of group? Because what I tell people is like it's three hundred million of you guys. Like I don't really think it's possible to group you into like one thing, one entity. But no, is it like yeah. what would you say are like Germans some some too, differences? Right? Mm-hmm. Like yes, eighty two million. Somebody. And different regions, different dialects. Also in Germany, it's not really possible to group everyone. But if we were to do it, hypothetically, (laughs) what would be some of those differences that you've noticed? Mm -hmm. I heard someone say once, um, if you want something done right, ask a German to do it. If you want something done fast, ask an American to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's really true and kind of a good summary about the sort of spirit of both places. Um, Americans are very, um, (laughs) I'm going to say something wild. Um, They're very efficient, not in the Mm -hmm. way that Germans are efficient, but we're good multitaskers. We're good at juggling a lot of different things at once. We're good at squeezing a lot into our day and so in that sense we're we're very effective like very efficient effective people um it's just that because we're doing so much nothing's going to be on time nothing's going to be quite perfect um but it's going to be good enough and that's good enough you know so um (laughs) i think that's sort of a bit of an american spirit that you see throughout the states you know i've lived in at least three different very distinct regions in the u.s and you know, I, I, there's definitely similarities that you can draw, even despite regional and uh, local differences. Um, and I think that's one of them. And I, I mean, yeah, generally this laid back nature. I think I mm-hmm. didn't see it when I lived there because that, you know, the fish doesn't know it's swimming in water, right? So I yeah. thought people were just a normal amount of laid back and fun. But um, there's a certain kind of ridiculousness that Americans are very comfortable with, you know, like if you mm-hmm. walk down the street in a dinosaur costume, I don't know. People are going to be like, okay, well, yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, why? whereas here, if I wear a hat, like not a baseball hat, but like a, you know, like a cool fedora mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. or like a nice summery hat, um, people will look at me strange just for having like a fashion accessory Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's out of the norm and so it's worth staring at apparently so (laughs) yeah why not (laughs) yeah so do you think it's kind of like here people want to kind of like fit into a certain mold and not really stand out do you think that kind of whereas americans are okay with standing out and being different and and being like kind of extravagant or out of the box. Right. Well, if you think about the American concept of individualism, right, everyone's unique and everyone's a personality and 
everyone's mm-hmm. having their own Hollywood movie play out in their heads. You know what I mean? Um, okay. And you see this in a lot of everything from the politics to the way life set up with cars and infrastructure, all these kind of things. Like you really, I think you can visibly see that focus on the individual. Whereas Germany is a place that really emphasizes solidarity and community and togetherness and coming through things as a group, as a whole. And so if you have a bunch of people thinking they're all super special individuals who all need, you know, individual attention and and want to be treated mm-hmm. as the single human that they are, a lot of things that make Germany so incredible wouldn't function because there's not room for that much variety in some ways. I, mm-hmm. And the way I just said that makes it sound a bit harsher than I really mean it. I, I actually mean it in a really positive way. And I, I do think not to bring up Corona, but I think that's a really good example of where you can see different cultures reacting differently. Um, Mm -hmm. and Germans are really great about looking out for one another. Um, they're really great about falling into line when they need to. Um, Mm -hmm. and so in that sense, it's, you know, they are fitting into a box and whether they know it or not, um, they often are. And the people who are more out of the box have probably already moved to Berlin. So (laughs) yeah, probably (laughs) that's a good point. Yeah. Um, what do you think Germans misunderstand about you guys? Right, we we all like even Canadians. We often compare ourselves to Americans. Like the whole concept of Canadian identity is not being American. So we think <laughs> about you guys all the time. But I'm sure you yeah. never think about us in the same way. I'm sure Germans think about Americans, and Americans like Germans probably rarely think about them. But what do you think that Germans misunderstand? about America? Ah, there's, there's actually so much, so many points I could make. Like, even when you were just talking, I was like, well, I think the assumption a lot of people make based on, I think it is true. Like probably Americans aren't thinking about Canadians or Germans that much. And an assumption I hear sometimes is Americans are too self-involved or Mm. they only care about America or, you know, they're too dumb or too, uninterested in the rest of the world in these sort of negative ways. And I, I, that's something I hear a lot. And that's something that I think is a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Um, but the one that I really would emphasize the most is the politics, because that's one thing that people, I mean, to be fair, our politics affect the entire world, right? So a lot of countries are are following our politics and they are very entitled to their own opinion about what we decide and don't decide and all of that, like, because our decisions affect them and and they're fully within their right to feel however they feel about Mm -hmm. that. But for instance, if I say I'm American lately, the past couple of years, I pretty quickly get people's opinions about Trump, not because I ever asked, but because they want to tell me, or I get asked, um, or not even asked, I get told their opinion about Americans and their guns. And these mm. topics, I think a lot of, like, they're, they're very e- easy to just sensationalize. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so crazy for countries that don't have a Trump in charge and that don't have guns in every household. Um, and these sort of topics, I think, I, I, I personally don't agree and align with the viewpoints behind either of those examples, but I think I can understand a lot more why they're a part of the culture and why they've happened, why they're important to people. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a lack of understanding about that from a lot of 
people not in the U.S. Um, so that's one that yeah, I, I run up against pretty often is like sort of these, it's a surface level takeaway that people take from the news and from the politics that doesn't always really understand the individual ex- or like the, the, the historical reasons from. as well. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, like, there's a caricature of what Americans are, which isn't often like, it's not always like reality. Right. right. Oh my gosh, I have one more. I'll say it really fast. I know we have to wrap up, but one that really bothers me <laughs> is um, the way people kind of roll their eyes about Americans traveling Europe. Um, okay. Because they'll come for a week and see four countries and 10 different cities in eight days. And I, I notice a lot of Europeans kind of roll their eyes at it or make certain opinions about what that means. And I actually mm-hmm. get really, really defensive of that because... Um, people don't understand um, the background of that trip. You know, like I'm sitting here in Germany with my 30 vacation days plus overtime plus public holidays, right? Yes. When I was in the US, you know, I know aunts and uncles and parents of mine who have worked their entire lives to get up to 20 vacation days and they only got those in their 50s or 60s. So um, typically you have one to two weeks off. So five to 10 vacation days per year. Often Mm -hmm. it's 10 days off per year. So if you are sick, that's one of your days. it doesn't matter if it's a sick day or a holiday. It's you took a day. So yes. if someone saved five of their days and saved up all of the money it takes to fly themselves to Europe, like on one hand, yeah, I, I almost wish for the American traveler that they would stay in at least one country, if not one place, and really interact with that on a deeper level. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, if I stayed in Barcelona for a week, do I really understand Barcelona? No. <laughs> so no. instead, um, I plan a trip where I go Madrid, Barcelona, and then I pop over to Paris and then I end my trip in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And do I know any of those cities? No, but I've at least no. been exposed to several things. And um, and there's so much effort and caring that goes into dedicating a trip to Europe like that. And so when people mm-hmm. see them fly through on their whirlwind trip, and, and, you know, make their opinions about it. I get it. But I, I do think that's a big misunderstanding. Um, it's not because Absolutely. we don't actually care. It's not because we don't want to. It's because this came at the highest cost and this is the best we could do. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like uh, with those vacation days, also in Canada, we, we get 10 days. And Jeremy's wow. like, what? Only 10 days? Like, how is that possible? I'm like, I don't know. Canadians, we don't fight. So we just accept whatever is given to us. <laughs> it's like, oh, 10 days, great. All right? Sounds good. Uh, so when my students say, oh, man, oh, I wish I had more vacation days. I'm like, you get 30 and you're complaining? My right. goodness. <laughs> All right. But it, it's relative, right? Because like, this is the context. This is what they understand. It's like, yeah, 30 days, it's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas, right. yeah, if you've only got those 10 days in the year, then yeah, you want to see as much as possible in that short amount of time. Right. right. But uh, maybe some people will not understand it. Is there anything, like any final words you want to say to the German listeners? Oh, about so much that I would love Americans to say. <laughs> or just you as an individual. What do you want to tell them? The floor is yours. It's your final words. <laughs> I I have so many thoughts and feelings that I could share. It's hard to think of a good final word. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll just I'll bring it to the personal. Like right now, we're sitting here recording, and 
in six days, I will be back in the United States, back in my hometown for the first time in about two years after going through this whole pandemic in Germany. And I'm going to be for three weeks. I've, I've never taken this long off in my life. Um, and yeah, it's just um, these moments where you travel back and forth between your two homes, um, are, it's where it all kind of gets more confused than ever, but also starts to make more sense than ever. And so it's, you know, I've spent so many days here feeling like I'm so not German and I don't fit in in so many ways. Um, and then as soon as I go back, I'm going to feel too German to fit into the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it's a tough experience, but it's also a really beautiful one because I think I've gotten a very clear view of why I love both places. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's really cool that you have this podcast and I'm really excited to be on it. Um, I know I just made a bunch of fun of saying that Germans aren't fun and, and misunderstand my country or whatever, <laughs> but really I, I love, I love Germany so deeply and I'm so grateful that I get to be here. And um, I jokingly say my purpose here is to teach them how to have fun, but realistically yeah. it's, I, I feel like part of the beauty of being here as an Auslander, as a foreigner, is to provide another perspective to help them see what's so great about their country. Because sometimes I think that they don't even know, because again, you don't know the water you swim in. So exactly, um, yeah. there's so much that's wonderful here. There's so many things that are wonderful other places too, but Germany is truly special. And um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. And um, to be figuring this all out and having all these complicated thoughts and feelings. <laughs> it's no, it is sure. an honor to be confused in these ways. <laughs> I think so. Huh? I think so. It's, it's life, right? It's just life and being able to learn from all these different experiences and different people and places. It kind of creates a fuller picture, right? And yeah, I, I get the same feelings and confusions when I go back to Canada and I'm like, whoa, I'm not the same person I was six years ago. And right. it's because I've, I've lived in this country in particular. And I'm so happy with the person I've become. Like, I, I like the German version of, of me. It's, it's pretty cool. So I'm very God, grateful to be The German version here. of me is so much yeah. more responsible. My paperwork is yeah, in the binder. Exactly. It's great. I never would have been this way if I stayed in my exactly. country. I'd be this is pulling great. paperwork out of my backpack, like all crumpled I'm up still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Germany, for making me responsible. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like for me, it's like financially responsible. Like that's a big yes. thing I've learned here. Right. Like I was telling my students, you can, if you give a Canadian $1, he will spend $1.71. <laughs> like statistically, that's what we do. It's like, it's a terrible way to live. What's wrong with us? We have no understanding about saving money and being responsible with our finances. Because I live in Germany, I've become so much more responsible financially. So thank you, Germany, for that as well. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole, for your time. And I hope uh, the audience was able to get some, some good information and get some, a couple of takeaways from this talk. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I hope me we can and, do it again. Yeah, very gladly. I, I hope that listeners enjoyed and I had a real blast getting to talk about this with you guys. So that was my episode with Nicole. I hope you guys enjoyed it, that you guys were able to laugh a little bit just like I did. 
I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. What are some stereotypes that you have about Americans? If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. If you're interested in improving your business English, you can check out and subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Canadian Wants to Know. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.